Warning, this podcast should not be downloaded using government equipment, listened to during duty time, or sent to others using government equipment, because this podcast has the potential to suggest actions to be taken in support or against legislation. Do not use your government email address or government phone in contacting your lawmakers. Hello, and welcome to the AFG Young Podcast. My name is Matthew Uchecker, and with me is Mitchell Ward. And we are your hosts today. We are joined by Miranda Coella, AFG District 8 Young Coordinator, Tiffany McPherson, AFGE District 9 Young Coordinator, Diana Hicks, AFGE District 9 National Women's Advisor Coordinator, and lastly, Janae D. McCall, AFGE District 9 National Fair Practice Affirmative Action Coordinator. And today we are going to be doing a roundtable discussion about how we represent our members. So to kick things off, how is everyone? Doing good. Great. It's going to be a good day. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to take a moment, if y'all don't mind, and just realize what's what's happening right now. So we've got a bunch of amazing female leaders on this call yet again. And on top of that, we are sitting in AFGE headquarters. And so we're out here, I don't know if for all everybody listening. So right now we're actually recording this while we are at uh, the legislative conference here in Washington, DC. And so we've organized to be able to do this. Granted, this this episode will not release for a couple of weeks, but hey, we're here in DC. We're representing, we're working, right? So it's pretty cool. I just, I just think it's neat that we're able to, to record another episode of this young podcast here at headquarters. What do y'all think? Is that cool or is that just me? It's cool. And this is my first <laughs> one, so I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. First cool. time in this headquarters, first time doing a podcast. So I'm excited. So for anybody that's watching and listening, like I said, we are here at headquarters and we are actually sitting up on the 11th floor, which is the Women's and Fair Practices Department. So represent but we actually are sitting in a conference room looking at each other the only uh, the only exception is miss diana hicks who is out in kansas actually representing our members and so she's out there actually doing that work for us and we're so thankful that we have somebody out there doing that so um so thank you diana for being able to join us and taking a little bit out of your schedule to be here absolutely thank you for having me so um, so like Matt said, we are going to be talking about how we represent our members today. So to start uh, getting the conversation flowing a little bit, I want everyone to tell us um, a little bit about you and also your experience within the labor movement just in general. Okay. So Tiffany, let's start out with you. All right. Um, I'm Tiffany McPherson from Local 96 out of St. Louis. Um, I started... Um, this local 96 union experience back in 2016. Um, I became a union steward 2018. Um, then I was elected second vice president 2020. And then um, I became the district nine young coordinator in 2021. And um, so, I mean the pride coordinator in 2021 and then was asked to be the young coordinator this year. So um, as far as the labor uh, movement, um, it started in 2020 when I became second vice president of Local 96. That's awesome. Um, John A., do you want to go next? Sure. So my name is John A. D. McCall. Um, we have to put that D in there, right? Uh, so I started out uh, at the VA. I've been there for 19 years. Um, how I got involved was basically I actually got in trouble. Uh, didn't know anything about FMLA. So uh, I ran into our chief steward, Edgar Evans, and he ended up telling me all about it. So I became a steward and then I went from there to chief steward and then uh, acting president and president um, elected in 2020. And then I became elected uh, national fair practice for the ninth district in the same year. 
uh, had no clue what I was getting myself into. Uh, me and Diana talked about it and um, they was like, oh, you got a lot of work ahead of you. Right. And then um, after that uh, came and just started being involved with everything. You know, I loved it. I love representing. And so here I am today at the headquarters. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Miss Diana, it leaves you. Uh, I'm Diana Hicks. I have been employed with the VA in Topeka, Kansas for 16 years. I've been a union representative for 15 years with my local uh, 906. I started as a steward, um, got appointed to chief steward within a year. Around three years later, I ran for vice president and won it by acclamation. And then in January of 2013, I took over my local as the president and have served in that capacity since. And then in 2020, I was elected as the national women's advisory coordinator of my district. Uh, my union experience, I, I was asked to be a representative by the president after my supervisor called me into a meeting to give me a written counseling. Um, by the end of the meeting, my supervisor had ripped up the written counseling and acted like the meeting never happened. Um, so that's when I came on board. And to me, the, the union experience I've had is nothing but personal growth. Um, when it comes to communication skills, leadership skills, um, it's improved my ability to empathize with people. Um, but there's also a lot of balance to this work, you know, because we don't normally see people at their best. We deal with a lot of employees at their worst. Um, and at the beginning, I, I kind of feel like I got a little bit too attached to certain situations. So I kind of had to find that balance over time. Um, but I, I love this work. It's honestly the first time in my life that I feel like I'm right where I'm supposed to be. That's awesome. I love that. Um, just because we're sitting here too, Matt, why don't we tell us a little bit about you and what you do have done in the labor movement? Okay. Um, I'm out of Pittsburgh, VA, 2028. Uh, I've been in the union since I've been at the agency, so that'll be 14 years coming this August. Um, I had first joined the union at a local no longer exists, exists. sorry for that, but uh, whenever we got transferred after they closed our facility to the larger facility in Pittsburgh, um, I became a little more active because we were being taken care of in our old facility. I mean, everything was going kosher. Everything was par for the course, if you will. And then we get over to the new facility and we are basically the, how, how can I put this without making it sound horrible or offensive? But we were, we were just disregarded. I'll say it that way. We were just disregarded because we were a, a, a subsector of the hospital that kind of gets every patient that the other parts of the hospital doesn't want. So I was tired of us getting mandated. I was tired of us getting the horrible patients. I was tired of us not having the appropriate staffing and training. So I became kind of like a pest in the union office. I was down there every day. I was complaining to our then president because, uh, I was just tired of coming into work and being told one thing and it was not following policy. I wanted it to, to be fair throughout the hospital. If we're now part of your local, we need to be represented. So I would basically be a liaison at that point and then uh, kind of got trial by fire, if you will. Um, I was thrown into the fire by a few people within national. I was basically told I was going to be on the young committee and I was fine with that because I had no idea what the young committee was and here I am now. So, um, and here we are all these years later. Now I am the recording secretary for my local. I've been taking grievances. I have two cases going to arbitration. 
and it's nonstop. And it's not just, you know, the grievances and arbitrations, it's everything else. Like you're, you're there as a representative and you have to remind your, your members that they are the union. You're not the union. You're just the, the, the platform that can get the message out and the actions done. They need to understand that they are the union. So, but that's that's a little bit for me. That's enough for me. Now now over to you, Mitch. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, I'm here for it. I love it. Uh, to me, it's it's cool to be able to hear the experiences of all of our union family and, you know, just see where we've all come from and, like, why we are where we currently are, like, what got us to this point. I think it's cool. So I actually joined, uh, so I worked for TSA, so I started working there about five and a half years ago now, and actually during my orientation is when I became a member, um, and upon becoming a member, you know, I was asking questions because I never, I didn't come from a union family. Um, my family is not exactly pro-union. Um, my dad was management when he worked for the federal government. And so he was, he was not very union friendly. Um, and so whenever I told him like, Hey, I've joined this union and you know, I'm excited. And he's like, yeah, that's not a good idea. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm going to search it out and find out myself. <laughs> so, um, so I did. And I started asking questions. Cause like I said, I'd never even heard of union. I didn't even know what that was. So I started asking all these questions, trying to figure out what the union is. What do we do? What's their purpose? You know, whatever. And I was like, yeah, I need, I need to be a part of this. And so the executive vice president of my local at that time, you know, was working at my airport. And so I was always bugging her, you know, asking her all these questions and stuff. She's like, hey, you seem like you're really interested in this. Like you should, you know, maybe become a steward, you know, and learn more about it. And you can file grievances and stuff. And I'm like, all right, I guess, you know, why not? We'll give it a try. And so we got together every single week and, you know, she taught me, you know, how to read the management directives and to read the, the, the CBA and and, uh, you know, the process for filing grievances, you know, and all this stuff. And and uh, so it was really neat, you know, getting to learn all of that and started doing it and actually started writing grievances and, you know, representing. And I was winning cases and stuff like that. She's like, you know what, you know, you know what's next, right? Like you're moving into the executive board. <laughs> and so so elections came up and I, you know, just barely hit the, the minimum. You know, I had to be there for a year before I could run for uh, executive board. And I hit that. She's like put your name on the ballot. You're running for a regional vice president. Like you're going to do this. And so I did. And so I stepped into, I won by acclamation. And so I stepped into that position and just started running with it and um, had a lot of fun. Um, started learning more about legislative political, you know, representation, stewards, organizing stewards, training stewards, um, you know, and just, you know, doing all the grind around that. Um, and eventually, um, I actually actually resigned from the position early. I didn't finish my full term, but um, I had just a lot of family and you know life things going on. I wasn't able to to finish my term, unfortunately. But um, took a little bit of a, a break. And whenever elections came back around, I uh, ran for local sergeant at arms. And actually, that's what I presently am. Um, I'm also the young co coordinator for my local. Um, and then after we had um, our district caucus and elections and everything, and we uh, elected MVP Snyder um, over the district, uh, 11th district, I had been working with him a lot before he was MVP. And so he's like, hey, I would really like for you to be the district 11 young coordinator. And I was like, okay, bet, like I'm on. And so he appointed me to do that. And now here we are. Oh gosh, what has it been now? Like eight months or so now that I think I've been on the National Young Committee. So it's been really cool. And now here we are doing a podcast and everything. So, um, so it's been fun. <laughs> I think you're muted. I don't know what you said. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I was just saying it's been longer than eight months since you've been well, with us. So. It doesn't feel like it's been very long. So that's a good thing. <laughs> but nonetheless, it's been fun. And I've really enjoyed uh, the journey so far. So, um, all right. So we hit everybody, right? Everybody told their story. Awesome. So uh, the next one is, um, so everybody knows, you know, that you come to the union if you're in trouble, right? That's like the number one thing that we get approached for. Um, like, hey, I've gotten this letter of reprimand or a suspension or I'm being terminated or I'm, you know, whatever. Like, hey, I need help from the union. Come help me. You know, whatever. Like, it's like the number one reason people come to us. And so 
if you want to talk about that, please, you know, touch on that, you know, because that is a part of what we do. But also tell us a little bit about what else we do, because we all know that there's so much more to this job than just filing grievances. So if you guys wouldn't mind telling us, yes, a little bit about that, but also tell us some more stuff about what you do. So Tiffany, we'll start out with you. Okay. Well, yes, I do uh, representation as far as um, grievances, EEOs, MSPBs. Um, but also, I can say with our, I'm sorry, I'm horse karaoke last night. Um, but <laughs> well, <laughs> with our um, young committee, what we are in the process of doing um, as far as representation as well is finding out kind of mapping where our members are. And so we can do community service within their communities so they can see that not only are we there for them at work, but we're also there for them, you know, in their communities. And so part of being a part, um, it helps with representation because we learn who they are. We learn where they live, you know, because there's some employees that they bring their struggles into work. And so it's hard for them to function at work. And if we understand what's going on on the outside, we can, you know, kind of touch on that when we're represent representing um, employees uh, with management. Uh, also, uh, what else am I doing? Um, I'm, so my position is second vice. Um, I'm chair of the organizing committee. And so we have just events to bring uh, fellowship with, with the members. Um, and, and I see we got a skating party coming up in April and each member would bring a non-member to see if they want to join. And so we give them the information as far as benefits and, you know, everything like that to see if they want to be members. But as far as the representation part, yes, it's employees that come in and say, Hey, I missed 80 hours of work within two months, you know? And so with that, I get the master agreement. And we sit down, we go to Article 35, and we educate. We educate the employee on this is what you're supposed to do. This is what management is supposed to do. If management is not doing this, then we file a grievance. Um, and so that's kind of, um, as far as representation, what we do. I know with the Young Committee, we have started canvassing the different um, uh, divisions and locations and one thing that I told them to do and this is from um, Vernon Hume our sergeant at arms he always come to work with some really nice shoes on um, his tennis shoes is always cool and it just grabs everybody's attention so our committee members when we go canvassing they say put on your best tennis shoes and it worked because it got a lot of, um, you know, younger employees' attention. And during the lunch, so we don't have to take official time or anything like that because some of our young members are not stewards. And so um, we'll go into the, the cafeteria and we'll set up all of our information and we had them kicks out. And then, you know, we walk around and it just draws people. Um, to us. And so, you know, education is a big part of representation. Um, also, uh, I'm on a legislative committee and it's, you know, we all know it's a lot of discrimination um, within the VA. That's where I'm from, VHA. Uh, so we do a lot of rallies. Uh, we do a lot of rallies. Uh, I just now start going to um, town hall meetings and all of those things. Uh, and my president, Janae, you know, she get me involved in a lot of those things because it affects our community where our members live in. And so it's almost like you have to um, represent and ledge to help you represent as far as being a union steward. It kind of just goes together. So, yeah, Pastor Mike. I think that's so cool about the, you know, the outside thinking, like you were saying about the shoes. Like I would have never in a million years thought of that. Like that is so cool. I love that. 
<laughs> Anybody have anything they want to say or add or out? I can piggyback off of it a little bit. Um, so me and Tiffany are from the same local. So um, I am the president there. So one thing about it before um, we had a lot of uh, older people that been on the uh, team for a very long time, like 20 years, you know, on the team. And we were known at Local 96 for representation, nothing else, just representation, um, just for cases. So that's what our local thought that we supposed to do all the time. You know, I come in the office, I sign this piece of paper for you to represent me, you know, your DOR form, and you go to battle for me. So when I became involved, I'm like, it's so much more than that. We got to think outside the box. How do we get people in to actually know that we're more than just representation? Um, we're more for um what we actually do as a union, standing up for what's right, the rights of our everybody who's working here. Like Tiffany said, on the outside, bringing the outside in. I sit and talk to my um, director. I have a meeting with him every two weeks to talk about how to better um, employment at the VA in St. Louis. You know, we talk about bringing in um, different organizations to help train the individuals to move forward um, like, you know, how people have to have their uh, continuing education courses and uh, people who need their, um, um, when you go to school and you need those hours to graduate, how can we have those people come in to do their time here? Because VA is a training hospital. We do it for the doctors. We do it for the nursing. Why not do it for uh, the path and lab? You know, why not do it for pharmacy technicians? Why not do it for anyone who has a technician's license to come in to train here? And then you also have the opportunity of getting hired. So that's one way that we do it, you know, that look out. So, um, so you guys, I'm getting a new position with National. Uh, I just got picked up for a national organizing position. So my di director was like, man, I'm going to miss you. This is the first time that, you know, We've been sitting around thinking outside the box how to better. And it seems like the people are really getting together at the VA. It's not like management um, and the union, you know. We still have issues. Don't get it wrong now. <laughs> we still have issues. But we're working through it, and it's going to be a change. So until then, you know, these are the things that we're going to keep doing and keep bringing up and to better the VA and to better other agencies, too. Because once you do it there, we're like, hey, this might work at your agency. We might can do it there. So that's one of the things that I love about it. Uh, Diana, would you like to go next? Um, I'll piggyback off everything. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, a lot of the representation that we do, there's three areas. There's litigation, that's, you know, representing an employee through a disciplinary action, a Wayne Garten meeting, you know, any violation, you have several avenues of to litigate an issue if somebody's been done wrong. My local and me, my preference is the grievance process. Um, We've had a lot of battles with our FLRA, uh, EEOC. I just do not have the stamina to carry something for five years. And I know that that sounds bad, but I am not an attorney, right? And a grievance is a violation of any law, rule, regulation, complaint. I mean, the way that the VA's master agreement identifies a grievance, it's anything under the sun. Um, we also deal with a lot of issues where there's layered issues, you know, like we did a request of information regarding a disciplinary issue, the agency refused to fulfill it, so I'm not going to split the apple and file that with the FLRA and then file the issue with the employee through the grievance because you can't mix them. I don't want to deal with any objection because something's filed in another avenue, you know. Um, to me, as far as litigation, free isn't always the best avenue. I believe that our members pay dues for representation. And at my local, that is primarily a big majority of what our budget is, is put towards. You know, we also represent um, all employees through legislative efforts. Uh, I was previously the District 9 Young representative 
so not only do I lobby on VA issues, I was a big lobbyist for um, the some type of paid maternity paternity leave program because we all know as government employees, we didn't get that until like a year and a half ago to where, you know, if you think about it, most women automatically get six weeks off of work after giving birth. You know, that's you saving up sick leave for what, two or three years? Or if you're a brand new employee and you're only, you know, same with the annual leave. Because normally when you first get hired into the government, if you don't have prior service, you're only earning four hours of annual leave. So you pretty much have to go a year and a half, two years if you want to be paid for that time. And now we have it paid. It's also legislating for other entities in the government. It's TSA. It's us fighting for those Title V rights. I don't know how many petitions I've signed and how many times I've spoken on your behalf. And we have a lot of scary stuff coming up too. You know, the SSA's contract is about to expire. So to me, being a unionist isn't just solely uh, focusing on what's going on in your area. It's also um, being a loyal unionist to your brothers and sisters that fall under the same union. Um, and another avenue of representation is negotiations, you know, um, regarding conditions of employment and working conditions. What I've been challenged with is every agency that my local represents, I cover three VA agencies. I cover VA member services, Veterans Crisis Line, and the professionals at the Topeka VA Medical Center. Um, and all of the agencies that we have now, there's other locals involved. So nothing directly comes to the local. It has to be negotiated with the uh, National VA Council first. And then we can negotiate anything that they didn't touch on, but it's nothing but a battle with our agency. They feel like once they've negotiated with national, they have no obligation to the local. Sometimes they aren't even giving us the MOUs, but we all know it's been a little rough since the executive orders, especially those of us in the VA and social security administration, we kind of got it the hardest. We do, my membership does approve one annual uh, Labor Day event where we throw a party, we get DJs, we do, uh, we do like, uh, oh, I just went blank, but it's where you lip, lip sync battles and we'll make like a theme of dress in the decade you were born in or 80s and it's so much fun. And then we do do small organizing events like lunch and learns, and we like to feed everyone, you know, just as a thanks. Thanks for showing up to work because that's something that our agencies don't do. They don't give enough thanks. So I feel like when we do that, it draws them into us even more. That's really cool. So everybody's probably with the, the podcast and even just on, you know, just general conversation. People are probably going to get really tired of me saying this, but from what you were talking about there towards the middle, you're talking about how we got to talk about, you know, other agencies and being involved in that. So what I'm hearing you say is that we need to bridge union gaps <laughs> and we need to work together as a federation, as all AFGE family, and we need to be aware of each other's problems so we can help each other. <laughs> I just want to drive that home a little bit more. <laughs> Uh, for anybody that hasn't listened to the first episode of this podcast, first of all, shame on you. You need to go listen to all the episodes of this podcast. But the first episode talks about bridging union gaps and the whole initiative that we are doing here at the Young Committee is starting this whole brand new bridging union gaps or bug, if you will, initiative. And, um, and so we've got to be in communication with our fellow AFGE family and our agencies and everything that is falls under that AFGE umbrella and being aware of what's going on and helping each other out. Um, Cause like you said, TSA, VA, you know, uh, SSA, I mean, we've all got these major issues that are going on, but from a lot of times when you talk to other people within our union, they don't know that those issues exist. So we've got to, we got to work those things out. <laughs> we got to be in communication with each other and, not everybody reads their emails and sees all that stuff, unfortunately. So hopefully this podcast is yet another avenue for people to find those things out. So I love it. So, all right. I think last but not least is Miranda. I think you're next. Um, so I can kind of piggyback off of all of this. Um, 
with my local, we do a lot of representation. Um, but with the representation, I like to try to enable or not enable, empower our members. Um, if they're struggling, I want to help them get the help that they need to be able to turn things around. Um, so we do a lot of, um, when they come to us, we want to provide an atmosphere where they feel like they can trust us as well. Um, so we do also try to get them connected to additional services. Like um, we don't give recommendations, but we'll talk to them about like counseling and things like that. Um, things that will really help them to be able to make a change. So that way we're not constantly seeing them back. And for the most part, it works and it's successful. Um, we do a lot with the grievances and the arbitrations as well and ULPs and all those things. Um, we do community service events. Um, we've got, our local has a legislative political committee. Um, so we do meet with our congressional representatives quite a bit uh, to talk about issues that, you know, federal employees are facing and that are also VA specific for our location. Um, I know that you had talked about, Janae, you had talked about your relationship with the director. Um, that's one thing that I think is really important when we're representing our members is having that mutual foundation of respect with um, the managers and the director. Um, so I'm really big on that as well. Um, you know, we, when we're in this role, uh, acting as union representatives, we're equivalent to the person across the table, you know, but what good is it if we're using the influence that we have in the wrong way, you know, so I think leveraging it um, and leveraging that influence is also important as well to be able to, um, you know, get the job done and do what is good for everybody overall. Um, I think one thing that I hear quite a bit is that we enable bad behavior and things like that from employees. I know that that's something that we hear a lot at our facility. We just protect the, we protect employees, you know, but it's more so about the contract and making sure that we're following the contract and protecting the contract, but also, you know, giving the members that come to us the opportunity to be able to change their life around. Um, you know, what if we are that person that can save them? Or what if we're that person that can really influence them and give them that encouragement that they need? Um, yeah, so I think that's kind of, you guys covered everything else. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I love that. So I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, we're talking about all these ways that we've represented each other and, you know, our members and everything. And Tiffany shared a cool way, you know, with the shoes, like of getting people's attention and stuff like that. So what are some other ways that we've been able to think outside the box, you know, of, of being able to represent our members, um, whether it be for grievances or just bringing awareness or education, you know, whatever, like what are some weird out of the box things that maybe you've done, if you don't mind? I don't want to put anybody on the spot, but Jonah. <laughs> Your Facebook page for your local. I absolutely love it. If you have not had the chance, go and check out the musical videos that they do. Because they are amazing. So one thing about it is, um, it's funny because Tiffany usually throws all of that stuff up there. And so we'll be in my office for a late night trying to think of different things to come up with you know, besides just a post and we say this and we say that. I'm like, man, people love music. People love different skits. You know, one time we was like, we're going to sit at the table. Did you guys see us at the table acting like management and the union and we lost and, you know, we won and they lost, you know, and we was at the end, we was like, we won, you know, so... <laughs> So people's like, oh, I love that. I like that because you have to think outside the box. And younger people, I'm not saying that I'm older or anything like that because, you know, 40 is like the new 20s, right? Um, you guys will be babies right now if that's the truth. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, people like to see it, you know, Facebook. And then um, my daughter says, mom, you know, no one does Facebook anymore. You got to get on IG, you know, Instagram and tick, uh, TikTok and uh, what's the other one? Twitter. Twitter is too fast. You know, it's like, bop, bop, bop. you got to be quick. And I'm not that quick, so I can't really do Twitter too much uh, because the responses come through like that same time. Like, 
you miss like 10 things. Uh, but <laughs> as far as, you know, the Facebook, you know, everybody's on Facebook. That's on, you know, so they'll be like, did you see that Facebook post and go to the Facebook post? And um, so we do that. We do the music things and we do the special effects and all of that. So I think it keeps people attention. So that's a good thing we do. I actually had somebody come up to me that is younger than me and I'm only in my you know early thirties, but I actually had somebody come up to me and say, Oh, Facebook is only for like old people. <laughs> you know, all the, all the young kids nowadays are just using Instagram and Twitter. I'm like, well, guess what, boo boo. I am of the older generation. I'm a millennial <laughs> and I'm allowed to use Facebook. Okay. That's right. <laughs> like, let me teach you a few things. Okay. <laughs> like that, I take a little offense to that, but. Like Facebook's where it's at, in my opinion. <laughs> I agree. We get the message across Facebook, and that's what all that matters. And my also, I told them I was like, well, if the older folks are on Facebook, like that's where I want to be because they need to be educated as well. So that's right. <laughs> but we're also going to be on Instagram. We'll also be on Twitter, so we can get you young folks as well. So we're going to be everywhere. We're going to have it all covered. The only area that I haven't crossed over for like union work, I've crossed there for personal, but on union side is TikTok. Um, we haven't done anything union wise on TikTok, but I've done, I've got my own personal TikTok thing going on, but nothing, okay. <laughs> nothing professional. I don't think you're allowed to plug that right now. <laughs> I didn't get my handle, okay? <laughs> hey, you know, most of our cool videos are recorded from TikTok. Yeah. So we, um, we try, we are trying to, I think we, just started a YouTube page, um, TikTok. We have Instagram, um, a Twitter. It's all. I said we got to get every single social media site. Um, we do have a, a young. I hear my own self echo, but we do have a um, a young committee member, Imani Cunningham. She is starting every single social media site that's out there. Um, just so we can be everywhere, you know. And so, I mean, Twitter is fast because I just um, made me an account the other day and I got lost. <laughs> I got lost within two seconds. But it's some individuals out there that's in our membership that won't get lost. So that will be their task to keep it up and running, you know. Anything we want to put up there, hey, put that on Twitter. Put that on YouTube. Put that on Facebook. Put that on Instagram. Ooh, TikTok video. Mm, you know, and just grab every generation and get their attention. So, yep, social media is where it's at. My local uh, recently did like a hybrid event because a majority of my bargaining unit employees are remote workers and they've been remote even prior to the pandemic. Um, I cover about. 10 states basically if you're looking at the map and oklahoma and arkansas are next to each other it's a straight line up all the way up to michigan and wisconsin i cover all those states so we held a reunion event the va has been pushing the locals to do these reunion events of us getting our official time back and stuff and letting the employees know that we're back since last summer so we did ours last uh month and we did do it in-house. We bought free lunch for anybody who attended. Um, we had swag bags available for our members, which consisted of an AFG book bag, a shirt, and then we had like Yeti style cups made with AFGE's logo. And then um, our local um, symbol on the other side. So it was really cool. And if you joined that day, we gave you a swag bag, but we also, included our teleworkers if you were a member we mailed you a swag bag automatically we also set up a zoom link to attend the event which lasted all day we did it for 12 hours because at the medical center we have shifts all shifts so we were trying to catch people before or after their shift um so we included a zoom link and we told our teleworkers you know zoom in watch the event um, we're going to have a union representative available if you have any questions. And also, um, your participation, if you'll just drop a hashtag AFGE Local 906 in the chat, we're going to put you in a drawing for a TV, and then we gave out, like, a gift card. We actually got, like, 23 new members from our virtual world because of this. 
you know, so it was, it was trying to find a way because where we, where we get a lot of emails with our teleworkers is when we hold an in-house event, they can't really participate. They don't get the free food. And then at the membership meetings, it's, I don't want to approve this funding because it doesn't include me. Uh, but we got a great response from it. And it's also a balance, you know, like when you know that you're remote and you live three states away from where your local is, there are certain things that you're going to miss out on, but it turned out really well. Um, and we're going to continue to do things like that in the future to get our teleworkers, which is something that we have to start focusing on because the pandemic is going to change everything. There are going to be people that probably never return to the workplace. You know, most of my call centers, I know our agency management is looking at this as an opportunity to get rid of our buildings and get a smaller building with a telework hub, you know, if people need to come on site. So I'm just worried that with the more remote work that starts, that employees are going to not necessarily see the benefit in the union because they work from home. They got all these great things, but they don't realize how much of our contract applies to their everyday work life. That's, that's my biggest concern with the remote and telework stuff. So just playing off of that, Diana, if you don't mind. So being that they are telework people, like how would we represent a telework employee? Um, well, we always, we will set up phone calls with them in like in a disciplinary action. Is that what you mean? Um, we set up pre-phone calls. Um, what I do not like doing in the remote world is Wayne Garten meetings. I get annoyed with it. So we just prep our members. I'm like, they ask you a question. You give me uh, two seconds. You don't automatically respond to that. Because I, I advise a lot of my members or BUE, uh, you don't have to incriminate yourself. Or management likes to go on a fishing expedition. They don't have a straight answer. They're like, are you familiar with the uh, employee conduct policy? Don't answer that. Because I might be, oh, what does aware mean? Does it mean that I've read it once? Does it mean that I know it? Like, no, don't answer that. What are we here for? That's my biggest annoyance. But typically, we set up a pre-meeting with them regarding anything. Um, if it's a proposal meeting, you know, most time management says for a disciplinary meeting. So I can tell by who they're meeting with, what level of management, what we can anticipate being proposed. But communication is the most important thing, whether they're telework, or not, because we all know when we first became union officials, we didn't really know what a grievance was. We didn't really understand the processes because I had never really been in trouble. So it's looking at each employee like how you were your first day of accepting your appointment as a union rep. You have to explain the proposal process to them. You have to talk about their response. You want to do written or orally. You want to do both. And sometimes you got to judge certain people if a, if a verbal uh, response is going to benefit them or not, you know, <laughs> if they want to write their own response, if they want the union to write it. Um, it's just, to me, the best thing is about communication and staying on top of things and giving them customer service because they do voluntarily pay us dues. So we owe them that time and attention. Yeah, I think that's great. I love what you, uh, I love what you said, um, Diana. I think that's one of the biggest annoyances as well as um, those fact findings. And even when they try to ask the same question, like multiple different ways, just to get the employee caught up, it's ridiculous. Um, and a lot of times it's like, what are you going to do with this? Are you really going to do anything with this fact finding? You know, um, seems like a waste of time sometimes, not always, but sometimes. Um and the same with the grievances and like the responses and stuff like that. We try to, we try to empower the employees. So we try to have them write their initial response and then we go through and kind of update it, tweak it, add stuff, remove stuff, things like that. Um, but I wanted to go back and touch on something you had mentioned about the hybrid event. We have not done that in our local. We've done the membership appreciation events and like recruitment drives, but the hybrid event 
that's a really good idea and that's something I'm going to take back to the local. And I think um, that's also a good point to make with representation and how we represent our employees. We do reach out across um, to different locals and different unions and kind of get ideas from them on what's working as well so we can bring that back to our locals too. Um, and I think that just betters everything overall. So. Yeah. I remember when I first became president, I used to call Diana because I used to, I was like, man, she be on it, you know, um, with writing up stuff and uh, didn't I, I, Diana, I used to call her and be like, hey, how do you do this? Can you send me a copy of that so I can like change it, change it just so it can meet my stuff, you know, at the VA, at, you know, in the St. Louis. So I used to be like, man, these presidents in our district, they're like amazing. You know, so now we have always done that, you know, reached out to one another and say, hey, how did you do this? How did you get this pass? You know, what did you put in there? And I think that's good to do. Um, Even anyone else that I know that won a big case, can you send me that case? I'm almost copy and paste it, you know, <laughs> because that's a good thing. Because if I know it helped for your uh, individuals, your members and your organization. I know it also do the same thing for us. So when you say, even just because it's at the TSA, doesn't mean it won't help us. You know, you just got to flip flop it and make it uh, right for what is at the VA. That's it. The rules don't change, you know. So if the rules don't right. change um, and the the law, I should say, doesn't change because the rules can change, but the laws doesn't change. So if the laws don't change, then we can definitely utilize it for us to benefit our members. So, And I think one of the most important things as a union rep is never thinking that like you're above something, like never thinking that you're so smart not to reach out to another local. Hey, have you ever experienced this? Because I don't think anybody ever knows it all. Um, and when you get to that point where you feel like you're too good to attend a representational class at a training, you might be losing your niche a little bit. I've been in this game for 15 years. And last year, I went through the steward training again because you know what? I am a steward first. I'm a steward first. That's right. I ran for president, and it just gave me additional duties, right? So the vulnerability of, of being able to ask people, hey, what's your opinion? How would you handle this? Have you ever done this? That is how we are going to get stronger together. I just think that that's so important. And I think some people, I think there's a lot of bravado in this business when it comes to different locals. But in our district, the ninth, we got some good leaders. And we have a lot of leaders that, aren't afraid to say, hey, has anybody ever dealt with this? Um, I just enjoy the district I'm from. I mean, clearly we got two other representatives in my district for a reason, because we're the notorious nine. <laughs> That's right. D9. <laughs> yes. I can't be just throwing around those district names like that because not all of us have one, okay? I'm real salty about it. <laughs> the 11th doesn't have one? Say what? The 11th doesn't have a name? No. So we were actually getting last night, uh, Chris, like I said, for anybody that may have forgotten, we were at district, the legislative conference. So last night we had our district meetings. And MVP Lanning came in and was speaking to us. And he's like, hey, like, why doesn't District 11 have a name? Like, what's up with this? And you got the Fighting Fourth. You got you know, all big these other three. Like, The Big Three, you know, whatever. Like, where's the 11th at? Like, come on, y'all. And so we, we've got to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I might can help you out with that. Call me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hold you to it because <laughs> I actually have thought about it. Like, love it needs a name. Like, we need something cool, but we just don't have one yet. So, um, well, that's really cool. Well, I appreciate you guys. This has been really good. Um, so, just to kind of summarize everything up, you know, I'm just gonna give you guys just a minute or two, if you don't mind, just kind of wrap everything up. If you want to give some kind of advice or something to our listeners. Um, about how we can better represent our members more than just, you know, the filing grievances and stuff. Um, if I would love for y'all to do that. So Tiffany, if you don't mind, we'll start with you. 
Um, I would say um, learn your members. Um, like we do a lot of polls and surveys to see what they like to eat, you know, if they're vegan, if they're, you know, vegetarians. Um, also uh, learn about their religious beliefs. You know, just learn who they are, um, what area they live in, um, you know, kind of create a relationship with your members. So it, it helps when it comes to representation because um, some members tell the truth and some members don't. And when they feel like they have a relationship with you, they can open up more and that helps us with representing them. So that's what I would say. Um, Miranda, would you like to go next? Yeah, so I I can bounce off that as well. I think learning your members is very important. Um, meeting them where they're at, um, allowing them to be able to trust you and building that relationship with them. Um, I would say just take the time with your members. Oh, well, if they come to you with 100 different problems, sit down and sort through them and figure them out. Don't brush them off. Um, I would say the same with like the stewards within the local, you know, learn them too. figure out what their skills are, learn how you can empower them. You know, we should want people to rise up. We should want our members to eventually become stewards. We should want them to eventually become part of the board, things like that. And we need to, to really learn them so that way we can do that and help them get there. I think that's all important. Um, yeah, I guess that's pretty much the only other thing I can add is, you know, I'm the third vice president of my local, but I always tell people my name is Miranda, you know, talk to me like I'm a person, not like I'm necessarily in a position of authority, because really, even when you're in a board position or like the president, you still, the local belongs to the members. It does not belong to the e-board. It belongs to the members. We are there for them. Um, and I think that we just need to like remember that as well in our representation, um, not take it for granted and use the positions that we're in for the greater good. You know, that's all I have. Absolutely. Diana. Uh, some of my best advice, whether you're a member or a local union rep, you have to attend your membership meetings. That's the 101 of representation, so you know what's going on in different units. Um, it's just good to be seen, and it's good to show the other union reps in your local that you're supportive in every effort, you know? Um, also, the other advice I would give is if, if a majority of you in your local are feeling a certain way about a situation, be brave, be create, courageous, file the grievance, file the EEOC complaint, do what you need to do. My local is, is very active when it comes to litigating. Um, over my almost decade in, in presidency, we've invoked over 58 arbitrations and we've litigated numerous of them. And, and I still consider it a win when we're at the hearing and the agency's offering us a settlement agreement. I consider that a win um, because normally we make them pay all the arbitration fees. And a lot of the things that we have been successful in, I was told by other leaders in AFGE that you're gonna lose it, don't file it. And we just had this gut feeling and we prevailed. So it's a balance of don't, let somebody discourage you when you when you have an intuition about a certain situation. Because even if you fail, even if you lose, you're gonna learn from it. This is all about learning and be creative. Creativity is key in this business and when it comes to representation. Think outside the box. Sometimes I don't know what I'm really talking about, but management thinks I know what I'm talking about, you know, and they, they back down. Um, but it's about, uh, being, being brave and having confidence. Confidence is key. All right. Ms. John A. Man, I think everybody here said like everything I was thinking, but, um, I'm gonna sum it up. <laughs> so, um, when, when Diana said, you know, um, uh, uh, fake it, 
you know, fake it until you make it. You know, uh, they'll say different things at uh, at the table. I have no clue what it probably means. But I will, you couldn't tell because I'm waiting on them to say one word in that sentence that I know exactly what they're talking about now. And I use it. You know, I, you have to walk through the hallways like you are knowledgeable of every process that you have. You know, there's processes from everything. I have always said that um, I don't manage the people. I manage the process. So if you manage the process, people believe that you know exactly what you're going to do. Um, and when they come to the table with you, then they'll say, this person has it. Um, and so I better know my game as well. So if you always think about that when you walk in and always be prepared, um, they would know to be prepared with you as well, even the members. If they know sitting with you and when they have their meeting with you that you're prepared, they better come prepared too. I need all your list of paperwork. I need everything so you can know that I can represent you to the best of my ability. Because without that, then we can't move forward. So that's all I have for you. Matt, you got anything to add? Um, it, it, it just basically kind of echoes what has already been said and I kind of want to go back to our first episode too where um, we need to say hello differently Miss um, Tyra said that we need to say hello differently because then that way like if you introduce yourself correctly not just be like hi my name's Matt that's it be like hi my name's Matt I'm the recording secretary for local 2028 I also am a steward representative and I do this and this and this as well then I feel like that kind of gets the member to divulge a little bit about themselves. And then I like, like everybody else has said, like you kind of remember a little bit of a fact about them. It doesn't have to be like the most sincere. It'd be like, how's your cat doing? You know, how was your commute today? Because I know you live further away than other people. So I think by doing that, and I always, if I have a member come into my office, I always just let them sit there and vent for the first like 10, 15 minutes. So then that way they can get to the point that they need to make. And then I'll be like, okay, active listening, let me repeat back. But then also, if you remember that little fact, they feel more comfortable coming with you. And then they also know that we're actually visible again within the agency. So, but yes, you have to say hello differently. I still like going back to that. So I do too. I've actually said that a few times. I think even just this weekend being here, I was like, we, we got to say hello different. Like, <laughs> and you know, being at these types of conferences, you know, usually when you enter into a conference room or whatever, like, okay, let's go around the room. Let's introduce ourselves. You know, tell us your name, what local you're from, you know, whatever. I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. Hi, my name is Mitchell. I'm local 1127. You know, nothing, you know, nothing about me. You know that I have a name attached to my, or a local, or a number attached to my local. You don't know nothing about me. But if I say, hi, my name is Mitchell. Yes, I'm part of Local 1127. I work for TSA in Denver, Colorado. I'm also one of your young coordinators. Like, now you know something about me. You know, and you kind of can, you know, you know the struggle that goes on within my agency. And like, oh, okay, I can connect that to this person. Versus, I know your local number, which doesn't really tell me anything. And so, yes, I, I always got to give props to Miss Tyra and she receiving that award yesterday too at the at the luncheon that was so cool that she got that so she was well deserved so miss miss tyra I'm, if you're watching or listening to this which i'm sure you are we love you we are so proud of you along with all the other award winners from yesterday at the the the, the luncheon like we love all of you guys and support you and we're glad that you guys support us and so just just props we're sending our love <laughs> so can we mitch can we uh do a shout out real quick and just say thank you to everybody who's out here on capitol hill right now lobbying for our members um and we also need to say thank you to all those who are sitting at the bargaining table right now fighting over our contract um colin barrett from my local is at the table right now um so we just appreciate all of you as well so just to, to kind of summarize this whole episode up for everybody. So, you know, we, we as AFGE, we represent people in so many different ways. And I hope that this episode has kind of helped bring that to light. 
you know, like I said, we are here right now in Washington, D.C., representing people. Diana's over in Kansas representing people. I mean, we are out here working. We are grinding. We are getting it done, taking care of our members. And we hope that we are, you know, stepping up and doing what we need to do and taking care of things. And um, we hope that this episode has helped you guys as listeners and our audience and everybody know that, you know, there's lots going on and it's important to get involved and to make your voice heard. Um, I mean, just this week, we've done classes on Robert's Rules of Order. Um, we've had, um, you know, that right there in and of itself ensures that your voice is being heard. Um, you can use that in your locals, in your councils, and of course, at the national convention, like that's a great way to make sure that you're being represented. Um, most of us here are part of either the Human Rights Committee or the Young Committee. So, I mean, we're out here working, doing that, doing meetings and stuff like that. Um, we're out talking to members of Congress. I mean, there's so many ways to get involved. There's something for everybody. And so um, if if you are looking to get in, involved in some way, please reach out to any of your leadership in the union, and we'd be more than happy to get you plugged in in some way, shape, or form. Um, all of our phone numbers, emails, all that kind of stuff is somewhere out there. We've even talked about, we're on social media too, y'all. Like we're out there, like come and find us. If you can't find us, you're not looking hard enough because we are out there. So, um, so just to wrap it all up, just thank you all so much for being here today. Um, joining us, Miranda Coelho, AFGE District 8 Young Coordinator. Tiffany McPherson, AFGE District 9 Young Coordinator. Miss Diana Hicks, AFGE District 9 National Women's Advisory Coordinator. And last but not least, Miss John A. D. McCall, AFGE District 9 National Fair Practices Affirmative Action Coordinator. And my co-host, Mr. Matthew Uchecker. And thank you for listening to the AFGE Young Podcast. New episodes are made available every two weeks and are streamed everywhere you listen to your podcasts. This podcast is a production of the AFGE National Young Committee, Bug Bridging Union Gaps Initiative. To learn more about the AFGE Young Program, visit our website at www.afge.org young or our Facebook page by searching at young AFGE.